Open up your Bibles. Go with me to 1 Kings. Thank you, brother. 1 Kings chapter 19. Praise the Lord. I just got so much to talk. I'm not even bringing notes up today. I'm just going to, you're going to just get it. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning verse 9, it says, There he came to a, a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have, zeal I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. Now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel, to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint, anoint Elisha, son of Shephat, from the town of Abel-Madala, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hezrael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So Elisha went and found Elisha, son of Shephat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak around his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire and to roast the flesh. He passed around the meat to the township, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. I think Elisha was Hispanic because before he went out, he had a barbecue. <laughs> um, sometimes we think we're all by ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we go through stuff and we get overwhelmed by the situation and the, the circumstance that are going and we think that nobody cares. We start contemplating our life and thinking that maybe we wasted our life and, or maybe we shouldn't be where we're at. Or we see someone else and we start judging ourselves according to them. And we think, why am I not there? Why am I, have I not had this? Why have I not, you know, built family or been married, had children? Why am I not being used in the ministry like this? Or why am I here and not there? But first thing, I, I want you to rest assured God knows what he's doing. Amen. He knows what he's doing. It's not that God did not have a plan or that God is not working. It's just that you're seeing it from a different perspective. What you think or where you think you should be at this season, at this time, might not match up where 
you believe you should, where you are right now might not match up where you think you should be. But you have to remember that you are God's son, child, bought with a price. And he's invested the blood of Jesus Christ in your life. He's invested the Holy Spirit to live and dwell inside of you. And that you, your days, he ready, the Bible says he knows your beginning, he knows your, your end. The Bible says that the, that the steps of the righteous are, are ordered. God knows where he's taking you to. And so don't get discouraged where you're at. Just begin to thank God that he's the one that's taking you there. And don't look at yourself like you're all by yourself. You're not all by yourself. There are more for you than against you. If God is for you, who can be against you? We're all called to the ministry of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some will stand on pulpits and preach. Others will stand in different pulpits in the workplace, in the street, in the community, in your home. You will stand in those pulpits. Some will speak with their mouths. Others will speak with their actions. But all of us will preach about who Jesus is because we're bought with a price. And the Spirit of God is the one that leads you there. The Spirit of God is the one that takes you there. I can't tell you how many times, even myself, where we had such great victory in one area... But the enemy would come with the temptation to try to destroy our encouragement, our, our continence, to get us to think that we're defeated in the midst of great victory. I think one of the greatest lies of the devil is when he looks at you and says, you're a loser when Jesus already made you a champion. How, you're, you're already made a champion, but he comes with a lie, and next thing you know, you're, we, we're moping around, thinking that we can't do anything, that we're not doing anything, that, that we're, we'll never get anywhere, and we look at ourselves as defeated when Jesus has already given us a victory. You're not earning the victory. You have received the victory when you gave your life to Jesus. And the enemy, all he could do is steal the emotions of the victory from you. Because I want to tell you something. The devil does not have an eraser that reaches up to heaven and, writes, and, and, and erases your name from the land's book of life. Amen. The devil cannot change your name when Jesus, has, when, when Jesus in his blood at the cross has already given you a new name through faith in him. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're destined for victory. And so you can stand in the midst of trial. You can stand in the midst of persecution. You can stand in the midst of things that you should not be able to do and would overtake others, but you can stand in the midst of that and know that no matter what you go through, the final outcome will be victory because just like a float, it always rises to the top, no matter how low it might go. That's the way our life is in Christ Jesus. We always rise to the top, no matter how far we go down. Can someone shout amen? amen. I'm preaching to you better the way you're responding. Come on, come with me a little bit, amen. I'll give you a little bit of preaching in the middle of the teaching, you know. You better take advantage of it at the time. Amen. Get your shout on, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, praise the Lord! Praise Hallelujah. <laughs> and so, we're anointed to do something for God. To live for God, to fulfill His plan for you. Listen, it was not God's intention just to get you to heaven. If it was only God's intention to get you to heaven, when you gave life to Je your life to Jesus Christ, you should have died right then and just gone to heaven. You should have been, Lord, I give you my heart. Forgive me my sins. Come inside my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I believe I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> Why are you still living now? If it was only just to get to heaven. 
We have the work of the ministry of reconciliation, bringing lost people to God to give what God has given us. Now that we have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we can introduce others into that relationship and they can become sons of God too by us being ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's my job. That's my, that's my call. That's the reason I live. I don't live to, you know, to eat another meal. I don't live to, to, to make some more money. I live to bring people into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if, if I'm going to live for something, I'm not going to live for any other reason other than I'm living to fulfill the plan of God for my life. Amen. And see, God knew you even before you were born. The, born. the Bible says that you were wonderfully, skillfully, magnificently formed in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were born. He has a plan and purpose. He invested so much into you. I mean, he invested $1,000 or $10,000 or a million dollars. He invested something way worth, worth more than all the riches of the world, and that was the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if, if, if that's not good, if that's not the, listen, that's not the only thing he invested in you. He took what makes him God, which is your spirit. He took his spirit, what's in him, the Holy Spirit, and he puts it in you. I mean, you are walking with the Holy Ghost inside of you. When you walk into stripes, you're walking inside there, not as just little old you. You're walking full of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of the King of kings and the Lord of lords is inside of you. When you walk down the street, you have more glory and more majesty and more honor than all the wealth and all the leaders and all the kingdoms of this world have combined put together. You have the spirit of the one that when he spoke, light be, everything that existed is in you. I mean, there's sometimes people will talk to me, I'm thinking, do you know who you're talking to? I think that. But then I remember who they're talking to, and I, the Bible says, Love thy enemies. Amen. 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 And so that's who you are. Here, Elijah, he just had some of the greatest miracles. He had, a, a, he, had a, he, he spoke, for, he called fire down and fire came down. God gave him such great victory. Even when, even when the king was in his chariot running ahead to escape the, the rain from coming down, God gave this man of God so much strength that he was able to outpace the chariots of the king running into the city. But because of one little thought from a little girl named Jezebel, said, I'm going to kill you. Fear came in. He forgot who he was. And God had to give him strength to go and get alone up to the mountain to remind him who he was and then to tell him that he's not alone. To give him instructions and give him direction because, see, that's the, en well, the enemy will tell you, you know, you're going to die. You're not going to make it. You're, you're going to fail. There's no way you can make it through this thing. But that's because you're looking in the mirror and looking at yourself. But when you look to God and you remind yourself who you are in him, you'll never even think that you're going to be defeated. You'll never even think that you're not going to make it. You're going to make it. The only thing keeping you back from victory is time. The only thing that keeps you back from, you, from seeing yourself in a place of complete victory where the world will have to recognize you as the victory is time. You are on the path of victory as you're following the Lord because the very spirit of God inside of you is the one taking you there. I mean, it's one thing of you quitting because of your efforts and you're tired and all that, but when your very heart just pushes you there, you get there. Amen. You might not know how. You just know you're going to. You're going to win. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're, you're going to win. Amen. 
And so next time you get discouraged, don't get discouraged. Encourage yourself in the word of God because you already have the victory. That's the difference between a believer and someone who doesn't believe. You know, someone who doesn't believe is thinking, oh, man, what am I going to do? I'm not going to make it. I don't know what it's going to do. Someone that, 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 that's a believer, I already made it. I mean, can you get any higher than heaven? Your name's written in heaven. And so Elijah, Elijah forgot who he was, but then God gave him direction, right? But then the Lord gave him direction to call another person out, and his name was Elisha. And it, it was the anointing of God that was upon Elijah. Here Elisha was, he was, he was plowing the field, and the prophet Elijah shows up, doesn't say hi, doesn't say how you doing, having a good day. No, he takes off his cloak and just kind of puts it on him, touches him, the anointing. The anointing touched him, and the anointing touched him where he knew that he had to walk away from what he was doing to follow the anointing. The power of God was what it came upon him that he said, I have to surrender myself to that anointing. He considered his situation. He looked at everything around him and he said, you know, what am I, I'm plowing on the field. My parents, let me say goodbye to them. Let me, let me, I have to walk, I have to follow this anointing. So I'm following the anointing. The Bible said that, that he killed the ox. He destroyed the tools that he was using. He built the fire, roasted the ox, gave away the meat, and then followed Elijah. Elijah didn't say, hey, listen, I need you on my team. You know, we're working really hard. You know, God called us to go and kill these, these, these uh, priests. These, you know, God called us to speak his word. God called us to shake the mountains. God called us to have victory and be a prophet. I need you to follow my ministry. No, the anointing called him. The anointing called him. And he destroyed everything of the past to claim the new life of the future. That's the problem that most believers have is they still keep the old relics of the past to run to the old way instead of accept the new way. And then they ask themselves, why is this new way not working? Maybe it's because you keep on trying to grab the ox and get the plow and do the things that you used to do instead of destroying those things of the past, not turning back to the past, but continue pressing forward to the call of God upon your life. If you think that you're the one that's going to make a way for yourself, you are serving the wrong God because the God you're serving is the God of you. But you have to forget those things that are, that are behind you and press to the high call. Jesus said it. Go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Jesus says, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks, looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Anyone that puts his hand to the plow, in other words, to the work and the life and the call of God for their life, but then looks back, it's not fit for the kingdom of God. And we wonder, why have I lost my joy? Because you're looking back. Why have I lost my peace? Because you're looking back. Thinking about the old partying, the old lifestyle, the old friends. Oh, you remember all the good, oh man, we got so wasted, it was such a fun night, it was so good. Man, we were smoking up, it felt so good. Yeah, but you forgot that you had to wake up in the jail cell or <laughs> or doctor says you had something a little extra that you didn't bargain for or that everybody that you were living in so much fear because of the guilt and the shame and the hurt and the pain that you put on others or the or, or the destruction that you you did to your your family you know that the enemy doesn't show you that part he just shows you like hey just do that it makes you feel good don't you miss that And then, then you look back and, you know, why am I not happy? 
because you try to make you try to go back to the old way thinking that would have happiness you know every time we look back you know what we do we're eve going to the tree again i got great encouragement on that one Because it's the tree of knowledge, experience. Let me just taste it again. Let me just see what it tastes like. Let me, let me, just, see, let me just see what it feels again. And then every seductress that tries to get you to taste is just that serpent. That old friend that said, hey, man, remember we used to drink this? Hey, come on over. Remember we used to smoke this? Hey, come on. But that girl says, hey, I miss you. First of all, you shouldn't be talking to her. You're married. Right. Amen. Let me talk to this side over here. <laughs> and, and all it is is, is, is you're, you're like Adam and Eve and, and, and Eve listening to the voice of the devil. Listen, the problem was not that Eve partook of the, of, of the fruit. The problem is that she started listening to the voice of the enemy. As soon as that voice of the serpent said to disobey the word of the Lord, the conversation should have ended. It shouldn't even have been a temptation. Amen? Because the enemy is not after you. The enemy is trying to destroy the anointing upon you. Amen. Listen, to bring water, you need a vessel. Amen. Nobody drinks with their hands, and if they do, it's very limited. And so if you want to, to give, if someone is thirsty and hurting and dry, they need a cistern that doesn't have any holes in it, something that could carry that water to them. And you are the one that God's called to put his anointing upon to bring sight to the blind, to bring healing to, to those that are sick, to bring deliverance to those that are oppressed, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord that they are not that God is not angry at them, but that God loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son for them. You are the vessel that's supposed to carry that to them, but if your vessel has so many holes, God, the, the, the devil ends up destroying your life that's supposed to be lived out for God. And so you cannot put your hand to the plow and look back. You have to stay in the kingdom because in the kingdom is everything that you need. Amen. Joy, peace, Righteousness, because that's the kingdom. The kingdom is three things, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say righteousness, righteousness peace, peace, joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, in his presence. And so what happens is when, when we look back, the first thing, we, we, you know, we, we see ourselves as unclean. Uh, I, can't, I can't show up and worship God early at church because something happened. I did something I'm ashamed of. And it, go, it, it starts off, you know, I'm going to show up to church late to I'm not going to show up to church at all because it's not because the church changed. It's not, the church ain't doing anything against you. The preacher's not doing anything against you. It's that your conviction of you looking in the mirror, you don't like coming into the light because you're, 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 the, the sin is being exposed in your life, so you run away. I could tell you, I could tell you people who, who, who I could see what God's doing in their life and, and I have to walk with them, and I love everybody through it. That's the, the only, I, I preach the truth in love, and I walk with everybody, and I love them through it no matter what, but they're the first person that are trying to get out of church as quickly as possible because, because they cannot stand the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They cannot stand in the light of God. They see themselves as unclean because they took off their robes of righteousness that Jesus put on to accept the old way of living. I could tell you pre preachers who carried such an anointing and then, and then I, I would see that the enemy was trying to attack their ministry. So I put them in positions to be used by God. Amen. We'll go through something and I'll look at the man and say, pray for that guy, pray, lay hands on him. 
And they can't pray for that person because they feel unclean. God has not changed his mind. God still loves them. God did not pull his anointing out of, off of their life. Listen, the gift of gods are without repro reproach. But what happens is their uncleanliness does not allow them to see the king clearly because they got the speckle in their eye, the spot in their eye. What do we do? What do we do if we can't, we're, we're, we're trying to live out what God's called us to do, but we got this spot. That's where we confess our sins before the Lord. And the Bible says he's faithful just to, to forgive you every single time. Amen. There's victory in confession. Right. It doesn't mean that you have to go up to everybody and tell them all your sins. The only one that needs to know is Jesus. Amen. You go before God, Father, forgive me. Everybody say, Father, Forgive me. forgive me. And then when, 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 you, when you ask God for forgiveness, and then you accept it by faith. Everybody say, by faith. by faith. And then what the Lord does is he showers you with his presence. Amen. It's almost like you go into the shower, and the, 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 the water or the word starts to cleanse you. And that guilt and that, that shame and that, that, that spot, that wrinkle, is just washed off of you. And you're free in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen, there is a retraining that takes place. Listen to me. Your mind is being renewed by the washing of the water of the word. Amen. How many of you went from kindergarten to, to, to high school in less than six months? None of you? Why? Because it took time to get the information that needed to excel in those levels. Take time for you to learn. That's what the Word of God does for you. It renews your mind. It's teaching you. The Spirit of God is teaching you little by little. So the things that you might struggle with today, tomorrow you're going to have victory. Amen? Don't give up on the call and the anointing of God just because you slipped and stumbled. If I ask for a show of hands, how many of you never slipped and stumbled in the things of God and you, would, and you lift up your hand, you already slipped and stumbled because you lied today. <laughs> but there's a call and anointing of God upon your life. You are able to carry the word, the, 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 the water of, of life. God needs your body. Amen. Some people say, they just want you for your body. Well, God just wants you for your body. Amen. And the thing about, the, about God, he doesn't care if you're short, fat, ugly, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Amen. He just needs your body. <laughs> he doesn't judge you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. There used to be old, uh, there used to be an old joke. It's funny how, how many people, when they start preaching, they gain so much weight. And they look at us and say, hey, uh, hey, brother, you gained a lot of weight since you started preaching. He says, I just became full gospel. But there's a call of God on your life. You know, one of the things, can I give you something that I, I practice in my own life that I think is really great? Uh, it's a great weapon that God has given us. The armor of God. Because every time I put on the armor of God, it reminds me who I am. I gird up my loins with truth. His word, just, you know, it's, I'm putting on my belt. It holds everything up. Amen. We need things held up sometimes. Amen. Truth holds everything up. Yes. And, then, and then I put on my shoes, the gospel of preach. I remind, I have to go someplace. And when I get there, I have to be prepared to, to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I got the good news, not the bad news. I'm not supposed to go there, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. That's religion. Yep. I have gospel, I have good news. Amen. And then, and then I, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
guards my heart that by the blood of Jesus Christ, I've been made righteous. I could stand before God. And now I know that my relationship, that, that, I have nothing, that God has nothing against me, but he loves me. Amen. And I go talk to my father. And then, and then I, I, I take up the shield of faith, which I'm able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And it doesn't matter what comes my way. I can hide behind this shield of faith, and it shall not overtake me. The enemy throws that arrow of lies and, and fear. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. Not by what I feel, but what I believe, the word of God, shield of faith. Yes. Amen? Amen? And then I, then I, I put on the helmet of Amen. I'm saved. So that means my thoughts are not thoughts of death. Amen. My thoughts are guarded with thoughts of life. It, you know, everything I do, I'm thinking the best. Everything I do, I'm thinking I want already. If I'm starting a new business, that business is going to succeed. If I'm entering a relationship, that relationship is going to succeed. If I'm doing something, it's going to be good. Why? Because my thoughts are salvation. I'm wearing the helmet of salvation. Amen. Amen? Can't penetrate that. Can't penetrate. My thoughts are always salvation. I have no fear. Again, in a plane, I'm going to get to where I want to be. Amen? Amen? And then I take hold the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. And I preach that Word. I'm just cutting that devil. Breaking those chains. Speaking life into people. Amen. I'll just speak the Word, and Word, Word, and that Word just does work in people's lives. Next thing you know, that person's life is completely changed. Why? They don't realize that I just, I just did a ninja on those things with the, with the God <laughs> I rise up as a warrior, not as someone defeated. Amen. Amen? Here's the awesome thing about armor. When you wear the armor, the devil doesn't know who's on the inside of the armor. You have the Lord's armor. And so you're wearing the Lord's armor, he's thinking, oh, no, I'm dealing with Jesus again. I lost that battle a long time ago. I ain't messing with that guy. And God gives you his armor to walk in, to live in. Amen. It's because God has a call and a purpose in your life. Amen. See, Elisha was called out. God calls you out of something to go into something. Every one of you have an anointing and a ministry that God's calling you into. And you might say, well, Pastor, what is that? God will reveal the purpose and the plan that he has for you. That's as you grow in faithfulness and in relationship. God will not give you everything that you need to get there until the right time. If you will stand in faith and take a step, God will show you more because he will reveal it to you as you are faithful. God is just looking for faithfulness. Elisha followed Elijah everywhere he went. Even at the time where everyone prophesied and everybody knew that God was coming for Elijah, Elisha would not leave his side. Why? Because Elisha was faithful. Elisha knew that he needed that anointing. Elisha knew that God had called him out of something not to end with one person's life being gone. So he followed the anointing. Amen. He followed the plan of God. I'm not going to leave you. Why? Because God didn't call me to leave. God called me to walk. I walked away from the ox. I walked away from the old to follow the new life. I can't go back to the old things. I destroyed those things. I roasted those things. I gave it away. Amen. I'm called to follow the anointed one. Amen. The Bible says that after the, he got taken up, the cloak of Elijah came down. Elijah picked it up. He went to the water, and he said this, Where is the God of Elijah? 
And he struck that thing. And the Bible says that the water parted and he was able to walk across. I tell you this because it's important you being here. What you see God doing in this, life, in, in this ministry, you should expect God to do it in your life too. The, 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 the disciples, when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they began to say, hey, I got what Jesus got. Let's go out to the street and preach like Jesus preached. And thousands of people came to the Lord because of that message. Then they went to, to, the, to the church. The Bible says that the gay beautiful man was begging, who couldn't walk and was lame. And they said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we have we give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that that man received strength, began to walk, walk, leap, and praise God. They did everything they saw Jesus do. He was an example. What God is doing at this altar and what God is doing through this ministry should be an example of what God's going to do in your life. When you see people being healed because we lay hands on the sick, guess what? The anointing's on your life too to do the same thing. Lay hands on the sick. If you see people get delivered when we start praying and devils being cast out, don't think, oh no, can I cast out devils? You should say, hey, I'm ready for this. I'm I'll cast out devils too. I got faith for that too. Some of you should see the remodeling happening in the church and start thinking, you know what? I'm going to remodel my house too. That's an anointing in the house of God. It's an anointing in my house too. Amen. Receive it. Take it in the name of Jesus. You know, Peter was like that. He saw Jesus walk on the water. Can I do that too? Jesus didn't say, oh, you know, you're not ready, bro. You need, to, you need to come to school a little longer. He said, come on. He walked on the water. Amen. How many of you want to walk on the water with Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Say the anointing. So you never, you're anointed for something. It's for the gospel. It's for the preaching of the gospel. And it's very important that you, the, the, the ministries that you're associated with, God will use you. Amen. We don't chase after anointings. We follow the voice of the Lord. Amen. There are some people that are operating differently than the, the way that we minister and preach, and, but same Holy Ghost. They're, they're doing the, the work of the Lord. There's some people are very loud and I'm very quiet. Some people sing. Some people do this. Some people do that. God uses all shapes, all colors. All Listen, he just wants your body, I'm telling you. He just wants to, he wants to use you. Amen. And there's some people that do different things, but you have to follow the anointing. You have to follow the, one, the, the, the Holy Ghost direction. This is not you visiting this is your house this is your place of worship you know you're here because the holy ghost told you this is the place i want you to be at you're going to grow here amen and you need to start expecting what you see at the altars here happening in your life when you're anointed you don't have permission to say okay today the water can flow and tomorrow no it just flows according to the need because the people are crying out to God. You know, it's the people that are hurting that, you so, that, that when you get around them, the, the anointing to heal them flows through you. Amen. I remember one time a friend of mine asked me to go to an elementary school, a junior high in, uh, in Los Restos. They were going to start a Bible club there. And he said, hey, uh, will you come? We're, we're going to just talk to the kids, invite them to come out to the Bible club. I said, sure. I'm a youth pastor. I'm just thinking, hey, it's going to be fun, hanging out, saying hello. I, I get out there, and the, the one that was going to lead it, she looked at me, and she started manifesting a devil. And I'm thinking, I didn't do anything. I didn't pray. I didn't say, I didn't wear a big cross or collar or anything like that. I was just there, but it's Jesus upon me. I told my friend, I said, it's good that that devil was was manifested. That girl was the one that was going to be in charge of all those kids, teaching them about Jesus. You were gonna, that was a devil. That was, that was anointing, protecting that class. Yes. 
when I went off to serve at Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's ministry, he asked me to be their TV director, their producer. And I, I, I knew I needed a relationship with God and a deeper uh, walk with the Lord. I knew I needed to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then I would see them ministering and I would see the power of God. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I began to say, hey, the same Holy Ghost upon Pastor Rodney Howard Brown is the same Holy Ghost upon me. And so when I would see Pastor Rodney minister to people, I would say, God, use me. I would be, I, I was like, in my heart, I was just qualifying myself. Instead of disqualifying myself, I started qualifying myself. I got the Holy Ghost. I got, I got faith. God's going to use me. We went on TV. I bought a half hour, we bought a half hour time slot on Thursday nights. Their TV program was going to air. Nobody knew about the ministry. And they wanted me to show the power of God on television. That was my, my purpose of being there. So I produced one of the most radical TV programs ever. I mean, we, had, we were showing people getting slain in the spirit. There were some people that got slain in the spirit. They literally did cartwheels as they were getting hit by the Holy Ghost. And, and I produced the whole thing. And here I am, a, a young guy, just producing this thing for this ministry. And, of course, I'm a TV guy, so I'm thinking, okay, we're going to minister to the people, and then they're going to want to call for prayer. So I put a phone number. For prayer, call this number. And I made everything, and I didn't know who was going to watch it, but I thought I better be there to answer the phone. I'm there by myself, and it airs, and we get the phone call, first phone call. They just seen people slain in the Spirit, the Spirit of God moving, people being really touched by the Holy Ghost, and, and they call, and there's a woman, and she says, me and my husband are watching the TV program. That must be the fire of God. We want the fire of God. Now, I know they're calling Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, not Kevin Ortiz. But I knew that I was part of the work of the Lord through that man of God. And I was standing in position for the anointing that is placed upon his life to be able to minister to people the way God ministered to them through him. So I began to rise up my faith. I didn't look at Kevin. I didn't look at Kevin who yesterday was pushing the ox and plowing the field. Amen. I looked at Kevin who had destroyed the, the, the plow and killed the ox and had left everything for the anointing. Amen. And I told that woman, I said, okay, get, get your husband next to you. And she did, we're here. I said, okay, I'm going to pray. And the Holy Spirit's going to touch you. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, you better do something. And so, this is the first time I'm praying. I'm thinking, okay, ready? In Jesus' name, fire! And when I said fire, I hear the phone drop. Boom. And then I hear two people just fall out. Boom. And then I hear them scream and laugh at the same time. The phone call was over after that. There was nobody else to talk to. When the Lord started speaking to me about the ministry of healing, he reminded me of my father. And I started, I started thinking, okay, Lord, use me. And I started ministering to people the way my father ministered. And they were healed. When I was in Pastor Ronnie's ministry, I was going to Bible school there, and I was supposed to do the, the TV productions, and, and I was going to go Bible school, and, you know, I wanted the anointing. I went for the anointing. I didn't go, I didn't go just because he had a beautiful ministry. I went because of the anointing. I believed that God had called me to go there and to grow. And uh, every time we got together for Bible school, the Lord... Uh, the, 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 the minister, Pastor Rodney, and all the, the, the people in the administration would call me out while I'm in class taking notes. 
say, Kevin, pastor wants to talk to you. The dean wants to talk to you. The, the administrator wants to talk to you. And, and I'd go and talk to him about the TV ministry and the work of the church and all that stuff. And so instead of being in a class, learning and growing, I was with them doing work. And then one day, the Lord tells me, he says, I want you to not get credit for Bible school. And I said, okay, Lord. I knew God was speaking to me about that. I said, okay, Lord, I'm not going to get credit for Bible school. I didn't come for a piece of paper. I came for the anointing. And if I don't follow you, then I definitely won't get the anointing. And so I went there and I said, you know, I would like to do, take the test, but I don't want credit for Bible school because, you know, I feel God telling me not, to, not to, to get credit. And they said, Kevin, you were excused. Everything is good. And I said, I know, but I, this is just the direction God's given me. And when I walked out of that office, I didn't know it was going to hurt. I thought, you know, it's easy to do. I'll just go and do it. Not a big thing. But I walked out of there, and it felt, I, I can't even describe what it felt like, but I began to cry and cry and cry, and I could not control myself. I went into my, my, my truck in the parking lot, and, and I just wailed, and I couldn't stop. It was this deep cry. And after a while, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I can't stop crying. So I did the only thing I could think of. I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I began to pray in the Holy Ghost, the Lord showed me, he showed me like this clear bottle and he showed me like liquid filling up in the bottle. And the Holy Spirit told me, he says, your tears are in my bottle. I don't even remember hearing or reading in Psalms where David says, you number my wonderings, aren't my tears in your bottle? But I saw that bottle in the hand of God. And my father taught us sowing and reaping. And I began to see my tears in God's bottle. And I talked to God. I said, God, that's your bottle, but that's, those are my tears. And if they're mine, that means I can sow them. So I, said, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I sow these tears that when winter camp meeting comes up in January, that the camp meeting will be broadcast around the world. I don't know how you're going to do that. But those are my tears in your bottle, and that's what I saw it for. Amen. It was in November. To broadcast around the world, you need millions of dollars. You need a satellite uplink that costs $500,000. You need to buy airtime in every network to cover the globe. You need millions of dollars. And all I had at the time was a few cameras and a little computer. Everything that I needed to purchase just to get the, the cameras and the computer to produce, it, it was like pulling teeth. There was no money. And I'm asking God to do something that takes millions of dollars to do. But see, I didn't look at the money. I looked at the seed that I had, which was the tears. And I put my faith to the tears that were sown into the kingdom of God. As soon as I made that, that, that declaration, I sowed these tears for the ministry to broadcast around the world, the peace of the Holy Spirit came in. Amen. And I began to, to, to stop crying. I began to, to, to just talk to people. Within a week, actually the next day, I had a $500,000 satellite uplink donated to the, to the ministry, and they were driving it from Texas to Florida. I'm thinking, wow, Lord, you opened that door? I started calling networks, and then we, we started talking. I got networks from all over the world to pick up the satellite coverage for that broadcast. I went into the office. And I was dancing, and they're looking at me, what are you doing? I said, we're, we're going to broadcast around the world. They said, what do you mean, Kevin? I said, we, the Lord did it. He opened up the doors. We're going to broadcast come, come winter camp meeting. 
whole week, prime time, we're going to be broadcasting on every nation and every continent of this world. They looked at me and they said, how much is it going to cost? I said, nothing. God gave, us, gave it all to us for free. Seven million dollars of airtime. For free. What did it cost? My tears. Right seed will produce the right harvest. And you say, well, how do I know it's the right seed? Because the Holy Spirit tells you it's the right seed. <laughs> and I realized that moment that I had an anointing for media. That what God did with my father, God would do it through me. I do that all the time. Where is the God of Carlos Ortiz? Where is the God of Ronnie Howard Brown? Where is the God of Kevin Ortiz? Where is my God? I do that all the time. When I see God using somebody in the ministry, I get jealous of anointings. Hey, the Bible says covet the best gifts. I mean, I don't covet your watch, but hey, if you're anointed, let's hang out a little bit. That's why I serve all the time, because, you know, I want what God's doing in their life to do in mine. My faith is rising up. Amen. I started casting out so many devils when I started hanging out with Apostle Musili. Start walking in the gift of healing in a higher dimension. I start walking with some other ministers that were walking that way. Amen. Covet the be best gift. You know, one way that you 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 can walk with these men and women of God is when you sow into their ministry. Amen. Amen. I'm working on something. I was in India two years ago. The Lord had told me to walk with Kelly into some new nations. He had never been to India. Through my relationships, I introduced him to some ministers in Africa, and he went and started going there. And, and the Lord told me to, to take Kelly to Mexico. Matter of fact, my friend Kelly's in Mexico. I think next week he's going to do a cr crusade into same area that we did a crusade last year. So the Lord told me, go with him. Take him to India. And I'm in India, and I'm realizing that I'm not supposed to be preaching. I'm here in India. I flew all over the world into the jungles of India. I mean, it's one thing God calling you to, like, New Delhi or, you know, one of those famous cities. But I'm in the jungle. All there is is dirt and water buffaloes. And I'm there, and, and nobody sp even speaks the Eng English. You know, you, they speak Telugu. And, and the Lord says, you're here for him. And I, I said, okay, Lord, what about me? You know, I'm sure you didn't bring me here just to, to you know, what do you want me to do? I've, I've flown all over the world and followed you everywhere you told me to go spending 70 plus days a year in foreign lands. What about me? What do you want me to do? And he gave me this word. He said, you're going to do something that has never been done before. That's what he told me. I said, okay. Next day I see Kelly. I said, Kelly, I'm going to do something that's never been done before. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I tell everybody, I tell my wife, honey, I'm going to do something that's never been done before. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. Amen. You know, a lot of times I just feel like I'm just cruising. I'm just walking around, enjoying, watching everybody do their thing. I'm just waiting to do what God told me to do. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. Amen. Amen. 
If you even see me during the day, I walk around like happy-go-lucky. I walk around singing and dancing, making jokes everywhere. I'm not like, we got to do this, we got to do that. I'll tell you, this church, I don't know how it operates. I just don't know. I, I don't, it's definitely not because Pastor Kevin's just this incredible manager. I don't understand that. It's just the Holy Ghost leading us, amen? And so, now I realize that it's not just one thing. It's going to be many things. And so, I, I, I already see the first thing. And, uh, I could tell you about it. I don't know if you'll understand it completely, but it's not even ready. We're working. I'm getting everybody else to do it for me. Amen. <laughs> right now, right now, Willie's in the back going, oh, Kevin. <laughs> I, I'm messaging that guy 24 hours a day because every time I close my eyes, I see it. And so I'm waiting for them to catch up to what I could see when I close my eyes. It's not something that I'm waiting to do. It's something that I've already been, it's already been done because the Lord spoke it. The Lord spoke it, so it has, it's coming into existence in the, in the natural, but it's already birthed in the spirit. And so before it could have the impact in the natural, we have to bring it forth. It has to give birth going to change the world. It's going to be bigger than anything we've ever done before. It's never been done before. It's going to change the world. So if God would do that for me, and are you all walking with me? So what's God going to do in your life? If we're tapping into an anointing that changes the world, what kind of anointing is getting ready to be released upon your life to change the world that you live in? You've got to throw off everything that holds you back. You have to stop looking back and press it to the high calling. Keep going forward. Pastor, what if this happens in my personal life? Serve the Lord. Amen. Well, Pastor, what if this attack comes? Serve the Lord. Amen. But Pastor, what if I slip and stumble? Get back up. Put back your armor on. Serve the Lord. Amen. Now, if you want to stay down, if you want to stay, the Bible says, like a dog returns to his vomit, so does a sinner return back to his sin. Amen. If you want to stay eating your, your, your vomit, okay, I can't do anything for you. Amen. But when you're ready to stop that and grow up in the kingdom of God, Amen. our arms are open and I love you. Amen. Let's serve the Lord together. And you say, well, pastor, why can't I do both? Because I don't want to get vomit on me. Amen. And I need people that can hear from the Holy Ghost and will be obedient to his voice. Amen. Not people who make excuses on why you're not faithful to God. The anointing qualifies you. Tell you the truth, most people that I've seen that are really anointed by God, they they make really terrible decisions sometimes. But somehow the anointing makes it okay. (laughs) You say, well, how does this church work? How does this church move forward? I don't know, just the anointing. It's not my leadership skills. It's not my management skills. There's things that we do, and we're faithful in those areas. 
but it's just the love of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You all, how many of you want to know what we're going to do to change the world? You want to know? Because it's going to dramatically change you. I'll tell you next service. <laughs> Give God praise. Amen. <laughs>